there's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Always follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah, yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on v Hey, hey, top of the morning to you. Welcome in. It is Follow the Money here on v the sports betting network. Mitch Moss along with Polly Howard. We are live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. We're here for the next three hours today. Uh, uh, final hour of the program. Michael Lombardi is going to join the program. So much to get into with him during that time. We'll have plenty on the NFL today. We're going to preview the Indianapolis Colts in about 30 minutes and uh, reaction and uh, looking ahead to tomorrow's deadline in Major League Baseball. So the full preview on the Colts comes up in the bottom of this hour. But we will begin the show today with that team as well because uh, this story has now escalated very fast, Paulie. Uh, it went from Jim Ursay coming out last week and basically saying, he tweeted this out, NFL running backs, the situation. We have negotiated a CBA that took years of effort and hard work and compromise and good faith by both sides to say now that a specific player category wants another negotiation after the fact is inappropriate. Some agents are selling bad faith. So this was on the heels of what took place with Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard in the franchise tag, and uh, how these running backs are not getting big contracts. And then it turned into a meeting between Colts owner Jim Mersey and star running back Jonathan Taylor on Saturday. They met for about an hour. Nothing really came out of that from what we found out on that night. But then Jonathan Taylor requested, demanded a trade yesterday. And we're like, okay, um, let's, let's think about this. What teams actually could make some sense if they could pull this off? And then it went to an entirely different level last night because the Colts organization, they placed Jonathan Taylor on the non-football injury list due to a back injury he suffered away from the team. And that means if Taylor doesn't play this season, his contract would just go to 2024 and they wouldn't have to pay him a penny. Taylor came out after this last night and tweeted out, one, never had back pain, two, never reported back pain. Not sure who the sources are, but find new ones. Yeah, yeah, my God. You also have the agent acting like a buffoon and trying to negotiate on social media and firing back at Ursay after the original tweet about what the, the running backs and agents are doing, which I agree with. And the running backs have lost their minds here in the last couple of weeks with it's simply supply and demand here. So what they're trying to do here is just bananas, where you have a guy who's coming off a bad year with an injury, and he wants $16 million a year, according to reports, at a long-term deal? Now, who in their right mind is going to trade for this guy, give up a pick, and then, uh, and then give him a long-term deal with that type of money? So uh, it really was nuts over the weekend, and now I don't know what to believe with what Taylor tweeted and then the fact that you know, this really could backfire. And number one, you can't hold out. Number two, uh, no leverage. And what's to believe about the back pain? And was, did something happen 
in the offseason as well. So to put it in perspective, Gilmore, the 2019 Defensive Player of the Year, went for a fifth-round pick. So with this guy, we know what organizations think of running backs now. Uh, coming off a bad year, yes, I know about the offensive line, also the ankle injury. What could he possibly command out there in the I mean, it's just it's just bonkos what this agent is doing here. And number one, stay off social media, too. Yep. yep. That well, agent. What you said is exactly what I wanted to hit on today multiple times. And that is, I honestly, and look, I mean, to set this up, uh, there was somebody who covers Wisconsin Badgers, the football team, who came out on Twitter last night and said, uh, Jim Mercy must really be a bad dude. Because Jonathan Taylor is like the most humble star to ever come out of this football program. He's a, he's a really mm-hmm. good guy. Mm-hmm. So JT is the guy that I'm going to side with here. I, I think Jonathan Taylor is an absolute stud. Uh, two years ago, think about this, when he had that big game against the Bills, I think that was in November. It's taking off on Twitter. People covering the league saying Jonathan, he had four touchdowns. People are saying Jonathan Taylor has to be in the MVP mix. He didn't win it that year, but for a minute he was in the conversation and had an unbelievable season. And if we get to today, Paul, there isn't a single team, in my opinion, that would trade for the guy. Because everything that you just said, you have to, Yeah, it's going to be $16 million a year. So you're going to have to give up a decent pick. Some some people are thinking like a second or maybe even a third round pick. And then you're on top of that, you're not going to just do it for one year. You're going to want to sign him to a contract extension, which would take that. I can't. I looked at every single team in the league last night. I, I could not find one team in the NFL that would raise their hand and say, you know what? Come on, JT. We want you. We're going to we're going to trade a bunch uh, of, uh, you know, assets well, to the Colts and bring you on as our new player. There was a one. Well, That's incredible, uh, you know, about the position. Right, right. Well, the other thing is you're not going to tell Ursa. I'm sure doesn't like being told what to do. And the agent tweeting at him, pay him and give him the money. And he, I'm sure they're just their standpoint is, why would we give you all this money with, with, with how the position has gone here? And uh, it's going to be a probably going to go down in the offseason because so many guys are available upcoming So uh, in the free agency. So whatever it was said on that bus for the hour-long discussion, I don't know. But certainly after he gets off Ursay's bus, then it's like, get me out of here. Yep. Okay. And then to put the you know icing on the cake, Ursay, yep. <laughs> my God, he's not going to stop talking. I mean, he's a, uh, I don't know, he's a version of Jerry Jones at this point. But this was uh, Jim Ursay basically going, he's telling the truth here, but he's going like scorched yeah. earth on the whole situation. I mean, if I die tonight and Jonathan Taylor's out of the league, no one's going to miss us. The league goes on. I mean, you know, we know that. The national football rolls on. It doesn't matter, you know, who who comes and who goes. Uh, you know, and, and it's a privilege to be part of it. And now is the time, you know, for us to do our work. It's now is the time as an organization. And, um, you know, players that are, you know, 24, 25 years old, now is the time to seize the moment of greatness and and uh, um, look at uh, you know both Jonathan and Quentin Nelson I don't mind saying it you know they're two guys that have a legitimate chance of making the Hall of Fame but there's a long way to go to get to that a long way you know um, but 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 the talents there and, and you see the magic and the special talent so um, we just have to go forward and and um, help cultivate that talent uh, and have as many great players as we can. All right. So that guy, I mean, if I die and Jonathan Taylor's out of the league, nobody's going to miss him. It's going to, you know, the show goes on. Yeah. That, that is 100% truthful, though, that comment. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does. I'm sure we're going to have a massive injury or multiple massive injuries starting this week and into, you know, week one of the NFL season. It sucks. Um, I don't wish injury upon anybody in any sport, specifically the NFL. Show goes on. Tom Brady, the year after they were undefeated in the regular season and got beat by the Giants in the Super Bowl. Week one, what happened? Blow, blows out his knee. Okay. Sucked. Games were played. A, a new champion was born that year. Yeah, Jos- I mean... Yeah. Josina Anderson tweeted that tweet is... Uh, that, that that interview comment is getting a lot of uh, negative attention and not going over well. Well, I don't think it was that bad. It was bizarre, but it certainly... He has a point. About about how power, powerful the NFL is, and also about okay, well, we just get a new owner, no big deal. His comment at the end about the privilege too, that works both ways. And I know people are saying he's got his hands in the cookie jar and he's two hands on now, and that's why the organization has had so many problems. But I mean, look, it's also a privilege for an owner. This guy won the uh, 
you know, right place, right time. 100%. Just happened, right. His dad was rich. He was, and that, that's why he, I mean, what are his qualifications, right? That's, you Bingo, walked Paulie. into a great situation. So that's the, the same thing though, too. But the, the back and forth here is bizarre and, 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 and what's happening now. And I don't know, I don't know how this is going to play out, but in any event, it was an incredible 48 hours. Oh man, I incredible believe 48 it. 48 hours. I don't have back pain. I'm out. Are you going to pop? I mean, imagine if he goes on that NFI list. Yeah, all right. I right. mean, this is right. And this could really blow up on him and the agent. And they really are screwed. Well, the fact that the Colts are actually, I mean, thinking about doing this, which they could easily do, and then just say, okay, here, pal. I mean, we love you. He, the guy just called you a future Hall of Famer. But you know what? Screw it. You're going to go on the NFI, and we're not going to pay you yeah. a penny this year. Yeah. And you're going to come back, and you're going to be in the same spot a year from today that you are right now. How does that one taste? It's just like, wow. And Jonathan Taylor, again, love the guy. I think he's amazing. And what he does, he doesn't have a leg to stand on. Where's oh, his God, leverage? so bad. Oh, it's so bad how they played this. And, and, and they don't understand it. Him and the agent don't understand it. You don't have any leverage. And, and what you're going to... Barkley just gets that? 11, you want 16, according to reports? <laughs> Are you nuts? Come on. And after they see... In an injury? In the season you had? Oh, my God, laughable. Yep. Yep. So bad. But again, what you said, just, be, you, just because you're rich doesn't mean you're smart. And we just look at what just transpired forever how long in the D.C. area with Snyder, how bad that was. So certainly an owner can hold an organization hostage and run it right into the ground. We've seen many times. But this certainly, you know, the NFL is a privilege and no one will miss me or Taylor. But this, people pointed to Ursay's track record too. You had Peyton Manning. You're like, okay, we have to move on. Yep. Luck got killed. No help. Retired. You keep going quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. You change coaches all the time, right? You, you go eight and eight, four and twelve, seven and nine, nine and eight, four, twelve and one. What has happened well, here, Jimmy? I will also say this about Ursay that uh, the Andrew Luck thing really caught him off guard. That killed him. Sure, it did. I mean, he loved Andrew Luck. Yeah, but I mean, you're right. They didn't have a good offensive line for many years, and Luck got absolutely destroyed back there. They released Peyton Manning because of the neck. They tanked that year so they could get Andrew Luck. And so, you know, maybe that maybe this guy's not over the Andrew Luck situation. Maybe he'll never be over that. Yeah. Where he, I mean, mm-hmm. coming into this Possible. season, just out of nowhere, guys, that's it, I'm done. I mean, so the taste that he's had in his mouth for years now because of that decision, probably, and this guy, when you put a microphone in front of his face, who the hell knows what words well, are going to come out of his mouth. Well, how bad was Jeff Saturday? I mean, you cannot do that. But that's the thing, You though, get a too, guy right? out of high school, yeah. guy's coaching high school. Oh, no problem. And, and you go one and seven. I mean... That but shows that, you where he's at, though. With so it. that that part kind of shows you how loyal the guy can be because he loved him as a player when he was on the team. Yeah. But when it comes to JT, no, forget about it, man. Don't care. I'm not going to budge. Not an inch. And uh, their win total, by the way, I was actually pretty excited to see what that might look like with Anthony Richardson and Taylor running the football. Mm-hmm. Their win total six and a half. They're going to win seven games. Um, two months left in the MLB regular season. Another week into the books. We'll go over what happened in this crazy week in the trades and updated numbers next. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation and a whole lot more? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hermosi, Layla Hermosi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah, yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Welcome in. It is Follow the Money here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Mitch, Paul, live downtown Las Vegas, Circa Resort and Casino. Baseball, um, we get the deadline tomorrow. This week is so massive. Uh, I can't, I mean, this year is as wide open as any that I can remember, probably since I was a kid. Uh, it's phenomenal what the sport has turned into in terms of uh, overall parity. And I will tell you that I've been tracking, DraftKings has been offering a uh, trade deadline market with a bunch of players listed. And you can bet on either the first pitch thrown after the deadline on August 1st for the new team or like first plate appearance, right? And I'll give you an example and uh, how the numbers have moved here. I'll use two Padres to set this up. Because of the weekend that they had, sweeping the Rangers, and now the players and pretty much everybody involved, I think, uh, making this move now, and it's kind of public. Yeah, we're, we're not going to trade anybody, basically. We're going to make a run or try to and get it together. Blake Snell pitched yesterday. Before he took the mound, he was minus 150 to remain on the pod race. Minus 150. The Orioles were 6-1. to one, The Rangers were 8-1. to one, The Astros were 10, so on and so forth. He eventually changed to minus 175 as they kept updating the odds throughout the day. Well, he's now minus $7 to remain on the pod race. Oh, God. Minus seven. Josh Hader, before yesterday's game, was minus 140 to be back with San Diego. He moved to 160 during the day. He is now minus $4 to stay. Were there comments after the game? Well, they, they've been come. They, once they, you sweep Texas, I mean, but that's yeah. Uh, I think well, the players were basically saying this over the weekend, and even late last week, they were saying, "No, nah, I don't think that we're going to make a move because we want to go for it here. We want to make a run." And after they swept the Rangers, I think that's what we're going to find out here. Now the Rays are twelve to one to get Hater. The Rangers are eighteen. Astros are actually they moved at twelve to one. Um, I don't think Snell's going to go anywhere now. He again yeah. he he. He can go, only give you five, six innings. He's got to cut out the walks. It's the pitch count. He's walking everybody, not giving up runs, but yeah. continues to put guys on with the free pass. Doesn't that have to break at some point where he continues to allow walks? He only goes five, maybe six innings, but he's getting out of jams because he has that yeah. strikeout potential here. Like eventually, well, he's it's going to be a three-run right? home run. Yeah, he's playing with fire every start. Yeah, but he is now. Uh, well, at last check, anyway, he was tied with Zach Allen for the shortest shot on the board to be the Cy Young. And I'll give you a note on that. Um, Good call on Cole, too. Cole's like even money plus 110 after his great performance Friday. Yeah, so here's, and he's below three with the ERA. But if you go back 30 years now, dating back to 1993, eight Cy Young Award winners have had ERAs over three. That's it. Only eight. And in those eight cases, there were a combined seven total pitchers with sub-three ERA receiving Cy Young votes. Three alone in 2003, two in 2005, one in 06, and one in 1993. That means that the year the pitcher won the ERA with an ERA north of three, a lot of other pitchers and candidates also had ERAs that high. The highest ERA to win the award was Clemens, 3.51 back in 2001, but only eight. And if you look at this year, what, only two guys in the American League are sub-three, and I think it's two guys in the National League right now are sub-three with the ERA. And Strider was actually getting close to four there for a minute. So he's yep. behind Gallen and Snell. 
And uh, this is a uh, perfect timing because David Schoenfield, who writes and covers baseball for ESPN, just put out a story uh, within the last hour. And he assigned odds or percentages for a player to get traded. Uh, Verlander, for example, with the Mets. Odds of a trade, 30%. The Cardinals, 1% for Arenado or Goldschmidt. Oh, That's it. 50% for Dylan Carlson, Paul DeJong, or Tyler O'Neill. Blake Snell and Josh Hader this morning, he's, he's still saying 25% chance they get traded. 25%. Marcus Stroman at 20%. Jack Fla- uh, Flaherty with the Cardinals, he said 85% is going to get moved. Eduardo Rodriguez, Michael Lorenzen with the Tigers, 80%. And then he gets into teams like the Nationals, other players for the Mets, 99%. (laughs) And then with the Mariners, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, Bryce Miller, Brian Wu, 25%. There's a trade involving one of those players. One of those guys? One of those guys, yeah. No. I, I don't I they were trading the closer. He was on the on the block, but not Yeah, I don't I oh. personally would make it much no lower way. than that with the Mariners. Yeah. So you also noticed that with the updated win totals, now good weekend for the Rays. Yeah. But I know William Hill and C- Caesars, they've been doing this all year long where they update the win totals pretty much every single day. What'd you notice with the team that you well, thought was too high? They put up uh all these teams that are still the mix with the updated numbers, and they do this every day, but the Rays, the Rays have to win 95 games to beat you? Mm-hmm. 95? The way they've played since that terrific start and the schedule that they have, where they're going to have to play like, if they win like 30, 32 games? I can't get there. That, that, that stuck out to me, because what they have left as well. Uh, they go to New York. San Francisco, Angels... Yankees again, but in September, it's Boston, Seattle, Minnesota, Baltimore, Angels again, Toronto, Boston, Toronto. I mean, that just that, that is a huge ask for a team that is playing 500 ball their last 40 games to then just close with a bang mm-hmm. and get to 95 wins. Blue, can the Blue Jays get to go over 91 and a half? Whoa. Now, in, in September, they have a stretch where it's Washington, Colorado, the A's, and Kansas City. Back to back to back to back. That could be a 10 and 2 stretch. But they close with Texas, Boston, Tampa, Yankees, Tampa, Yankees. Mm-hmm. That's how they close the season. So that still, with all the talent that they have, that's the big ask as well if Toronto can get that. And, and what happens with the Astros and the Rangers? I mean, they still have the Astros as the team to beat in that division with the Rangers at 89.5 and, and the Astros at 91. So the great thing about this, with all these teams bunched up in the American League, a very good team's going to miss the playoffs. But also, you know, who's going to win the division? And all these teams are playing one another as well about what's going to – and they have the Yankees 86.5 and, and the Red Sox 85.5 yeah. for oh, the updated wins. Well, oh, so you brought up the Rangers at 89.5. Mm-hmm. They are on the season. The Rangers are 60-46. and 46. And by the way, most of these teams have, you know, 55-ish games remaining on the schedule. Here is uh, the upcoming schedule – for Texas. They have the day off today, but their August begins with three against the White Sox and three against the Marlins. Both of those are at home. Then they play three at Oakland. That's the first nine games of their August baseball schedule. Yep. That is extremely yep. manageable. Later on in the month, they have four at Minnesota. They play the Mets. They come back. They start September with three more against Minnesota. They have Oakland right away that month. Um, I don't, man, adding Max Scherzer, yeah. although he's not been great. So far has been the biggest move, name-wise, anyway, for the deadline teams. Well, you got seven starting starting pitchers now. I mean, they, they wanted to go to a six guy, I guess, because of Valdi. They're concerned about him, and now he goes on the IL. But right. I mean, you, you got six. Star, you have seven starting pitchers. Who's who? They'll probably have one of those guys go to long relief. Yeah. I'm guessing. Uh, are the Yankees going to get to 87 wins? They are 55 and 50. They have to win 32 more games this yeah. year. That's another good observation. I know that's a big ask. I mean, they're a different team when Judge is healthy. But, again, who do you like, Paul, on the staff other than Garrett Cole? I know. Right. SOS remaining, Miami third. Most difficult remaining schedule for a team in the playoff mix. Giants five, Cleveland six, Tampa seven, Boston ten. 
Oh, their schedule in September. Oh, it's a bear for the Red Sox. Easiest. As I mentioned, Minnesota's second easiest. Seattle right behind them. Milwaukee, fourth easiest. Texas, 23rd. Dodgers, 22nd. Houston, 20th. Uh, for easiest remaining schedules. How many wins do you think it's going to take to take down the uh, NL Central? Right now, the Reds are on top with 58 wins. The Brewers have 57. And the uh, Cubs have 53. Will a team win 86 or 87 games there? If so... Yes, I do. I do think that'll happen. Okay. The Milwaukee schedule is, is so easy. Yeah, because uh, the, the updated... Up. Yeah, it is. The updated win totals here in that division, Brewers are 85 and a half. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. Reds are 83 and a half. Yeah. The Cubs are 83 and a half. Uh-huh. I mean, I look at under on a lot of these teams, but one of those teams, I think, well, maybe two, will pop. That's low for the 85 and a half for the Brewers. They have to win 29 more games. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad the Cubs came to their senses as well and said, listen, we've won eight in a row here. we we got to go for this. We're in this mix. We're only three back in the loss column in Milwaukee and Cincinnati and how well we're playing. So it was one thing if you want to give up Strowman, who's been who's really struggled his last couple starts, but what Bellinger? I, I mean, I read the comments on here Friday, what Tyone said. Bellinger's the heart and soul of this team. Mm-hmm. And, and a great – and he's also been awesome with two strikes when he was an automatic out with the Dodgers. He's been so good this year with two strikes, how the Cubs have been playing great ball, and then how they won Friday with Robin a home run. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, at that DK trade deadline market last week, Bellinger was minus 240 to stay with the Cubs. The Yankees were plus 950 to get him. The Astros were 10 to 1, and Stroman was minus 150 to stay on the team. Astros were 7, Rangers were 10 before the uh, max trade, and the Rays were 10. Well, I mean, if you were betting those numbers, you're laying juice, obviously, but it appears as if those are going to be winning bets because DraftKings pulled it uh, off the board this week and they had to. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's still, to me, it's still hard to imagine the Orioles get to 93 wins, though, too. That's just because the schedule is so tough. But mm-hmm. then again, they, they just finished July and they pulled this off. How well they played in July with that daunting schedule. And now it kind of, you know, gets a little easier for them the rest of the way. Um, and I hope they make a move today or tomorrow. But Again, take two out of three from the Yankees. First time they won the season series since 2016. Now it's on to this big four-game set against Toronto. Rodriguez does it again. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, 23 over. you got to be kidding me. So we'll continue talking baseball up next. Get into uh, today's card. It is loaded with big games. It's Follow the Money on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. This is Follow the Money on v Download the DraftKings app today. New customers can bet $5, get $150 in bonuses instantly. Oh, the menu. Whether it's the NFL, upcoming NBA season, check out the World Cup menu as well. Promo code v when you sign up. DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. Full terms and conditions. Great moments in history have begun with a question. They are not to be. That is the question. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? And what kind of hair product does Mitch Moss use? But follow the money wants to know. Do you concur? Concur. What, sir? Do you concur? We will begin. Remember the old uh, audio daily double when that would pop up watching Jeopardy? Everybody would get excited. This is an audio version of Do You Concur? Aaron Rodgers came out on NFL Network this weekend. He was asked about the comments of his old coach, well, from his old coach, but regarding his old coach, Nathaniel Hackett, that were made by current Broncos head coach, Sean Payton. Here's Rodgers responding. Yeah, I love Nathaniel Hackett, and those comments were very surprising. Um, For a coach to do that to another coach, my love for Hack goes deep. You know, we had uh, some great years together in Green Bay. Kept in touch. Um, love him and his family. He's an incredible family man, incredible dad. And on the field, you know, he's arguably my favorite coach I've ever had in the NFL. Just his approach to it, how he makes it fun, uh, how he cares about the guys, uh, just how he goes about his business with respect, with leadership, with honesty, with integrity. And it made me feel bad that someone who's accomplished a lot in the league is that insecure that they have to take another man down to set themselves up for some sort of easy fall if it doesn't go well for that team this year. 
thought it was way out of line and appropriate, and I think he needs to keep uh, my coach's names out of his mouth. I think Rodgers was right. You concur. Uh, no, I don't. Uh, I think Sean Payton's a lot of things, but he's not insecure. I don't know. It's bizarre he made the comments, uh, but I think he got kind of lost in that Fox crap with the hot take and just don't be right. Just say something outlandish when, during his TV stint. You never see this. What coach gives the opponent bulletin board material? That's why I think Rodgers that was right. Uh, no, I don't think he's insecure. I, I don't no, no, think was. Uh, uh, he uh, said he needs to keep my coach's name out of his oh, mouth. At that, okay, at the that part is right. Uh, that that was yeah. But um, he also went on to say, you know, about Peyton making uh, criticizing the coach, and then that would come back to bite him, like he set himself out for a bet. That didn't make sense either, because if you're going to say there's no te- the coaching staff was horrific, well, what if you have a bad season? Then they'd say, well, Pete, you don't know what you're doing either. That, so, but, see, but, that was a very common reaction that everybody had. Right, that I'm doesn't like, make no, sense. No, no, you're no. wrong here. You go going down the yeah. wrong avenue with this. There you go. There you go. But here's the question that needs to be asked. You can be friends with the guy, and you can like him as a person. How can he de- contend, uh, continue to defend the guy as a coach? This is what needs to be asked by the media and to Rodgers. Offensive ranking with Hackett as a play caller. 25th, 27th, 24th, 12th, 29th, and 31st, and what happened last year in Denver. How do you continue to defend the guy? Well, here's I mean, the, it doesn't here, make any sense. Yeah, here's another question that needs to be asked then. Present those numbers and then say, Aaron, tell us why you think Nathaniel Hackett is a good coach. There you go. We're all ears because if anybody would go. know, then it would be you. We need to That's know. You right. can't just say that comment right. and not tell us why. We need to know because everybody rips on Hackett more than anything else. Peter King wrote today, he... He knows that Champagne's going to wish he has that one back. Right. And that's just, yeah, get your popcorn for week five. Yep. No doubt about it. But you can't just give me cliches. He cares about his players. He's fun to be around. He's a family man. It's a horrible, a horrible play call. Yep. Horrible. The MLB is wide open this year. I will be very disappointed if most of these teams in the playoff mix don't make a move. Do you concur? Oh, I will. Yes. Uh, but I, I don't think it's going to happen. I will be disappointed as well. But you're right about what happened with the timing. Cubs playing good ball. Padres playing good ball. I don't think it's going to... Big names, not a lot out there to begin with. And I think uh, what Texas did is just going to be, and along with the Angels, will be just about it. And it's going to be... Uh, I think it's going to be a slow to uneventful deadline tomorrow. Ken Rosenthal at The Athletic uh, recently wrote, last night slash this morning, the buzz around the Dodgers and Verlander amongst uh, scouts is growing louder. Mm. Now, Verlander has the uh, no-trade clause, and he rejected a two-year, $80 million deal from L.A. last year to find out if he would waive it for this time around. It's been a great season. Attendance up, scoring up, time a game down 30 minutes. It's been great. But there's nothing Major League Baseball can do to get the younger demographic. Mm. Do you concur? Well, I, I do concur as of right now because uh, I don't, I just don't know what the solution would be uh, until somebody actually comes up with an unbelievable plan and proves that it, they can fix it. Then I have to be a little skeptical because everything that you just said is accurate. This season has been incredible. Paul, how many teams are willing to be sellers right now? A handful. How many times at the deadline in baseball's history are, can you make like 20 teams, top of my head, are probably going to go for it this year or say, we have a chance to make the playoffs and be a contender if we get in. It's incredible. I think every sport should thrive to have this kind of a season that baseball is putting on. Because every, for the most part, A's, Royals, throw them to the side, a couple other teams, whatever. Um, Look at the talent, Otani and Acuna and so much individual talent across the board offensively, and yet I just, the, what's the average viewer now this year? Probably 55 still? Well, here's why I bring it up. I was uh, furious over the weekend. I mean, you can't get a game on local television anymore. I mean, there's so many games that are blacked out here in Las Vegas, but God forbid you put, you can't get a Padre game anymore. It's a you killer. have to have the package. But Peter King wrote about this today. The All-Star game this year was down 81% from 1980. In 1980, MASH was the hit TV show. 
It averaged a 25 rating. The 1980 All-Star Game beat it. A 9 a.m. college football game will get a better rating than the MLB All-Star Game got. In Jets-Jaguars, which was on, an, on Amazon late in the year, on Amazon, streaming, got a better number than the MLB All-Star Game. Crazy how things have changed well, that's and how also, baseball was up here with the ratings. It couldn't be touched. That's also tied into how the game has changed and what they've done to tinker with it. I mean, interleague play, there's no doubt in my mind, has killed the All-Star Game. Yes, it just right. has. Yeah, that's true. And this is a little thing. But the MLB All-Star Game used to be great, too, when every player would wear his own jersey. And now they just do the one uniform across the board. It's like, I don't know who the hell that guy is. Mm -hmm. There's nothing special about that event yeah. anymore. Yeah. And also, the, go back and look at the World Series ratings. They were gargant. It was the biggest thing in sports. They used to get like 30, oh, 35s and you know, back the, even 91. Like, look at the ratings for like Twins Braves in 91. Yeah, I think the, Royal, the ratings was a Royals Cardinals. Cardinals right. yeah. Is that 85? 85. Monster. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's no Completely longer. Completely flipped now. Yep. yep. Completely flipped. All right. I love this dude, but all things considered, I can't think of a single team that would trade for Jonathan Taylor. You concur. <sighs> when I say all things be, considered. It'd have, it'd have to be because he's going to. Yeah, you're right. You're right. No. Concur. Right. Because he's going to want the long term deal. So yep. when you say all things considered, you're not going to do that just for a rental. Yep. No. And yep. he want, and that's what he, he wants, 15, 16 million a year coming off the season he had. And now he might have the back issue with the ankle. Mm -hmm. I mean, in, in the market we've seen with the with the running backs. <laughs> oh. There is no market for running backs. Right. Look at Delvin Cook. The guy was a really good player for every year in his career. He, is he, he hasn't signed yet with anybody. Zeke Elliott was awesome and probably the best running back in football what six seven years ago what, what is he 28 years old yeah do the pay do the patriot fans really want that guy I, right at the back end with how much does he have left sure, even, even if you're going to rent jonathan taylor what do you have to give up for a pick yeah teams aren't going to give up a second or a third round pick for jonathan taylor it's not going to happen yeah yep very good, good all right. discussion yeah all right, that was, uh, I can't believe that. Peter King, so good to have him back. But to, to write about that, uh, it got like a 27 rating in 1980. Now you got like a 3-6. And he's right, like Michigan Rutgers on a Saturday at 9 a.m. will beat it. Well, that's the thing. Oh, He's not talking about Ohio State, Michigan at 9 a.m. No, no, anything at 9 a.m. Yeah, he's talking about th throw on Ball State in Miami. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want to go that far, but though, how about a mat game on a Wednesday night when nothing else is going on? Probably comparable, at least in the ballpark, yeah. to the Major League Baseball All-Star game. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, the Payton said he's going to reach out and apologize to Hackett and all other stuff, too. But it's, uh, that would, wow. I mean, they can't. I've already had a couple of people come up to me and say, unleash hell week five with the Jets mm -hmm. in that game. That just, do you don't think that's going to mean a lot to them and Rodgers and Hackett and every, wow. All right. One of the biggest 180s in the NFL from this time last year. We will discuss coming up next on VEASAN. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation and a whole lot more? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings 
from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people, and we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Thursday, you'll be looking live at the College Football Guide here at VEASAN. Best bets from writers, on-air personalities, previews from every team. The most comprehensive collection of picks, predictions, previews. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber now. The guide comes out Thursday. You get the all-access pass with best bets, betting tools, daily articles, dog videos, bear videos. Sign up today, VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Michael Lombardi joins the program now, does such a great job here for the network, longtime NFL executive, and uh, his show during the week is uh, noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, by the way, on the weekends as well, which is just during the season, especially when you have right before kickoff, here's Michael Lombardi talking about the games on college Saturdays and NFL Sundays, and that's at 10 Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. Michael, it's always great to have you on the show. How are you today? I am great, thank you. There's so much uh, going on in the NFL, which makes uh, our jobs a lot easier and more fun. Yeah, it really is, and uh, can't wait get a taste of it on Thursday night with the uh, Hall of Fame game. For those just tuning in and don't know exactly, like the latest on the Jonathan Taylor Colt situation, a couple of tweets to go over. One, from last night, Michael, uh, the Colts got to the point where they were contemplating placing JT on the non-football injury list, which is called the NFI Due to a back injury, he suffered away from the team. This means if Taylor did, does not play this season, his contract would roll over into 2024. They would have the right not to pay him anything in 2023. They said this. Taylor came back last night and tweeted, one, never had back pain. Two, never reported back pain. Not sure who the sources are, but find new ones. Uh, how do you think this plays out before the season starts? Well, you know, there's been so much contradiction. If you go back to after the season last year when he had his end-of-the-year press conference and he talked about, I have a contract, I'm going to honor my contract, I put pen to paper, those are his words, not mine, mm. and I am going to do that. And things have changed dramatically since that time. And, you know, I think ultimately if he's trying to present an argument for the running back market, it's really not the right argument, especially coming off the season that he had last year. And look, I think Jim Irsay is like that uncle at our Thanksgiving dinner who's a little crazy, <laughs> you know, and might pass gas at the table. And you're wondering, like, how did we get this guy related to us? But sometimes he says smart things, right? Yeah. You know, and I think that he's right. Like, why would they pay him more than the market? The market is the market. And unfortunately, you running backs don't enjoy it. So life goes on. I, I don't know. He has no leverage. The NFI no. thing, that whole thing was strange because, you know, he. I don't know if they realize that if you complain about a back injury that you didn't suffer while getting treatment, you know, then that's on you. Then you're, NFI, you're an NFI candidate. Look, I think that if I were the Colts, I would ignore it. I would move forward. If he doesn't want to play, fine. At the end of the year, we could franchise him and protect our asset, and he'll find out how serious other people are mm -hmm. to pay a running back, which in this market, they're not very. It seems bizarre uh, advice from his agent, too, and even the agent getting involved yeah. and taking shots at Ursi on social media. Yeah. You know, look, I, I think when anytime you're out there in the public negotiating, 
it's never good, right? And Ursay says things that happen to be true, but he doesn't really need to say them. I think he's viewed himself as the elder spokesman of the owners, and he's trying to defend them all. And I think he could probably do a lot of good if he just would probably leak stuff as opposed to attributing it mm-hmm. to his name. But uh, look, when the owner says, I'm not trading them and I'm not paying them, Good luck trying to get that changed. Well, uh, by the yeah. way, how, yeah. how many teams would trade for Jonathan Taylor? All things considered, again, it would take up probably some sort of a high draft pick, and then you're going to commit to that kind of money that he's going to want. I, we were talking about this earlier. I don't think there's one team in the NFL that would trade for him. No. I mean, not only, not only do you have to trade a huge asset, then you have to pay him yeah. when the market says, yeah. why would you pay him? I mean, Nick Chubb's making $12 million a year. Like, why would I pay you more than Nick Chubb? You know, McCaffrey's contract is kind of an aberration at $16 million. When they gave him that contract, it was more for him to play in the slot, be a slot receiver, and a running back. And frankly, for the Panthers, it didn't work out for them. That was a bad contract. Now, it looks a lot better in San Francisco because he's a utility infielder. He can play a lot of positions, and he's really good. But for, for a team to just say, okay, here's where we are, I mean, Derrick Henry's still making $12 million a year. And I and after the season he had, I mean, why would you? There's so many good running backs out there. Look, the Eagles loved Miles Sanders, mm-hmm. and they said, you know what? We don't want Miles Sanders, and he had as good a year as anybody. Yes, and he made and he just went in the open market and got six million. Yes, uh, a lot of going on with the running backs. Uh, what are you hearing on Cook? This was supposed to get done with the Jets. Is that going to happen? And we saw Zeke uh, hanging out in New England with uh, Mac Jones yeah. having dinner. Well, let's talk Zeke first. I mean, look, New England needs another runner, a power back. I think Stevenson can be really good. Uh, Zeke was hurt after, I think, the Detroit game. Wasn't the same player. He hasn't been the same player in a while, but he can still run with power. 12 touchdowns last year. Good short yardage back. You need that. Uh, I think New England, this is all about economics. What kind of deal can they get based on incentives? As for Cook, I probably believe... There's other teams involved, and I'm sure the Jets are going to have to outbid people, much like Tennessee did for the, the, the Hopkins. Now, where does that go? You know, he his agent was telling people that he had a $9 million a year contract, 18 for two. Is that true? I don't know. Look, Cook's a really good player, and he would give the Jets mm-hmm. an absolutely uh, dynamic Aaron Jones-like running back to fill that void for Aaron Rodgers. And what, how concerned are you with what's going on in Seattle with these injuries at their running back position? Well, you have to be concerned, mm-hmm. right? One of the things about running backs saying they're going to hold out, to me as a general manager, I'm like, okay, thank you very much. You saved me a, one headache, right? Okay. I don't have to worry about you getting hurt. You hold out. And what happened in Seattle is exactly what I would always be worried about. Like you're going to miss time. So, you know, as the, the thing that bothered me the most about these injuries is They never really gave a timeline. It seems like it's going to be a while, right? And so now DJ Dallas, who's really a a kind of a return guy, does things. I mean, Seattle's going to have to look at a running back. Whether they bring Kareem Hunt in or not, I don't know. But with Walker being out and Charbonnet being out for an extended period, they're going to need to get another runner in there. Just like we finally saw the Bengals bring a third quarterback in. You know, they they signed mm-hmm. Reed uh, Reed Stennett from uh, San Diego, the University of San Diego, to be the third stringer because with Burrow out, they need another arm in camp. Let's follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. What did you make, uh, by the way, our guest Michael Lombardi here on on, uh, with Mitch and Paul here live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. What did you make of Sean P- and Aaron Rodgers called out Peyton yesterday saying, dude, don't don't say that. But why, why yeah. in your opinion, did Peyton do that? I think he did it to put all the pressure on himself. I think he wanted to take it off the players. I think it was tactical. Look, the thing that cracks me up is he said I had my Fox hat on. Yeah. I mean, I love Sean to death, but he said nothing at Fox that was controversial. So I don't know what hat he was wearing at Fox. Like, he never really said anything bad. He was good, but he never really crossed the line. You know, NFL coaches are like doctors. You never hear a doctor criticize another doctor, right? It's the same thing in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You never hear a coach crit- publicly, privately they do. But this was to me about how to take the burden of responsibility off the team and put it on him. Because what he was saying was, look, we're a better team than we showed. It was bad coaching. The players aren't to blame. It was the coaching. So now if they don't play well, it's on the coaching. I, to, to do it and give them bulletin board material, and that's your opponent in week five. 
That's incredible yeah. to me. And you know, the Jets have that circled. So we can't wait for that matchup in week five. That's in going yeah. after Hackett like that worst ever. One of the worst. Although, yeah, you mentioned the, the pre snap penalties and gotten getting the play in as well, too. Just he just went all in it was on horrible. that take. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I mean, know. what he said wasn't. I mean, I know Aaron Rodgers defended his coach, but what he said wasn't true. Was it not true? Right, I mean, right, it right. was. We all witnessed it from week one. We're like, how did this guy? That's why I came back and said, if I'm George Payton, like, how do I still have a job? I hired him, and uh-huh. and and Payton just scorched earth the organization, which really was you were in charge of everything, and you still have a job. I mean, he's fortunate to still have a job. Nobody's mentioned that, right? Like he hired Hackett. He was in control of the organization. He had all the authority. And it was a disaster. And so, you know, I wonder what his comment – I'm more interested in his comments than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. In that Week 5 game, by the way, the Jets are lane one at Denver. Yeah. Yeah, you, I, I don't see that. I, I mean, look, I think the Jets are – look, right now, Mekhi Becton's not playing. Dwayne Brown's on PUP. Where's this offensive line? Somebody's yeah. got a block. I mean, nobody mm-hmm. on the other side is going to count the five Mississippi. And the other reality is this, is everybody knows the Jets are the target. I mean, they've got a target on their back. Everybody's bringing their A game to play the Jets. Yep. Uh, taping your podcast coming up later this morning? Yes, sir. We're going to talk a lot. There's so much to talk about. You know, we got all the, the teams in camp. Pads are going on. We can stop talking about who looks great. You know, who's having good practices? Now when we start playing football, we'll learn about some of these players. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, and the podcast is called GM Shuffle. The newest one will be out later on today. And also the Lombardi line, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Uh, thanks so much for the time today, Michael. We appreciate that. Thanks, guys. Yep. Great job. Thank you. That was the key word that Peter King kept writing about today with yeah. uh, DeMar Hamlin. Pads. Yes. What's it going to look like uh, when Hamlin finally has to go out there and put pads on this week? That was another observation, though, he had. Is he, he going to get on the field? Because the Bills had so many injuries yeah, last this, year. That's yep. why Hamlin was out there. Yep. Uh, we'll recap our weekend plays that we had in pocket and tell you what we're betting on today's slate. Coming up here on Follow the Money, it's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with CallShe. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation and a whole lot more? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to CallShe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.